Hey, it's me, Snarky Democrat. I know, I fooled you with that crazy music. Uh, it's another Snarkcast featuring myself, Snarky Democrat, and my better half, Laura. Hi, Laura. Hi, everybody. Hi, Snarky. Hi. Uh, it's just another week of Republican insanity because remember, as I'm always fond of pointing out on this show, Republicans are douchebags who want to hurt America. You know, we talk about this all the time. They want to cut funding for food stamps, you know, because those little poor babies, they eat so goddamn much. And they want to keep people from voting because those goddamn poor people want to have their say in politics. And they want to stop... What else do they want? They want to stop... They want to make it harder for people to immigrate here. They want to make it harder for people to get loans. I mean, for everything. There's nothing positive. It's all about the negative. Right. They want to strip everything away and every man for himself and everyone's on their own and go! So it's, it's, it seems like, I was saying before, if I brought someone here who didn't know anything about us, they'd say, it sounds like these are bad people who want to hurt other people. That's what it sounds like. So anyway, it's another week of Republican insanity, and unfortunately, or fortunately, depending how you're looking at it, this week we are still stuck in Trump land. A crazy planet, a crazy place where nothing makes sense, where up is down and down is up, where you can say whatever you want and people still like you. In fact, you could say the craziest shit and your numbers go up. This is a fantasy land where a narcissistic, bloated, ignorant, billionaire cow's taint looks like he has a real chance of becoming president of the United States. I don't know if you ever saw this movie. It's called Idiocracy by Mike Judge, where the president is a former wrestler who threatens to beat up anyone who disagrees with him. This is, this is kind of close to Trump. In fact, this week, Trump had this amazing thing where he kicked out Jorge Ramos from one of his press conferences. Apparently, Jorge Ramos is a top Latino journalist who's kind of like was described as a combination of Anderson Cooper and Walter Cronkite. He's also seen by more people on his nightly newscast than the combined audience of NBC, ABC, and CBS's evening news programs. He stood up to Trump, and Trump did this wonderful thing that cracked me up, where he, you know, Ramos was to Trump's right, and he's just ignoring him. For, actually, he said, Go back to Univision. you got to love anyone who starts a sentence with, go back to, you know, unless it's your teacher saying, go back to chapter three. But generally, when a guy goes, go back to, it's, I don't know, what does that say? He's, he's an idiot or he's this close to a racist or, you know, I guess it depends what the last word is. Well, we did find out that his hair is real. I mean, you know, let's talk about priorities. Yes. If there's his a prerequisite for President of the United States. Yes. At least now his hair doesn't have to show a birth certificate. We know it's actually there. Yes. But he kicked out Ramos. But what, get, what gets me, I wish, I, could, I wish we could show this visually, uh, is he's talking to Ramos on his right, you know, uh, sit down, shut up, go back to where you came from. And then he looks over to his left and nods his head at someone. And a security man walks behind Trump and goes over and physically, not pushes Jorge out, but he did that thing where he sort of puts his chest out and makes him walk backwards. So... Is this the president you want, some, some wannabe mobster who looks over at another side of the room? Remember when... Or is this previews from, like, Godfather 4 or something? <laughs> <laughs> You're amazing. I was just about to say, what's the scene in Godfather 2 where Michael hugs Fredo at their mother's funeral? Right. And then looks up at his bodyguard and gives him that look like... Now's through, the time. Through this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, same thing. So, here's the scary part. When I'm saying, do you want, like, a Michael Corleone uh, for president, a lot of people in this country would say yes. Yes, here's the even scarier part. Michael Corleone, a fictional character, is smarter than Donald Trump. Well, he's, he's, he's as ruthless. But from what you can tell, what he did, uh, you know, anyway, 
it, it really struck me. A nod to an off-screen character and suddenly a big guy appears. It's, it, it reeks of casino, of Godfather. It just reeks of that horrible... And let's not forget, Trump's a casino owner. What do you think his friends are, Pat Boone? What do you think his friends you know, Billy Graham? His friends are mobsters. His, these are co-owners in his casinos. It's, it's, it's mind-boggling. I mean, the re and the rest of the uh, ladies in the Republican candidacy are all up for, they're like sitting on the side, like they're, on the, they're at a dance, and they're all just sitting there, and this psycho's on a dance floor, like just going crazy, taking, you know, doing whatever he wants, and they're just waiting for, waiting for him to break a leg or something, so someone else will come along and ask them to dance. I mean, Jeb Bush, it's, it's laughable. It's That's, sad and pathetic. Yeah. It's pathetic. Yeah. It's pathetic. But here again, this is the guy with the voice. He doesn't say anything with his voice. He just hems and haws, and what are you going to do about women's health issues? I'm going to take care of that. I'm going to do that. That's going to be taken care of. What does that mean? I don't even know what that means. There's no there there, just like the Republican Party. He just has a bigger voice and a bigger pocketbook. And, P.S., it's like watching The Real Housewives. That's what he is. He's a reality star. And, and there's no there there. And this goes into what you were just saying the other day, which I actually have here as a note. The the Kardashianization oh, yeah. of America. Yes, yes. Yeah. It yes. has it has officially spilt over from popular culture into our political system. I wonder if his butt's as big as theirs. Ouch. Ouch. Well we can't really see him from behind. We just see the front of him. <laughs> and he is he's a he's a, a stocky fella. I we know I know you know, we, we broadcast live from uh, New York City, and That's we are right. all all too familiar with the Donald from the good old days. I actually missed the the, the dopey Donald of the 80s when he was just a, a real estate magnet, you know, who said whatever he wanted to say. I don't know how many people remember Leona Helmsley, characters like that. Uh, 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 I think it was Abe Hirschfeld. These were New York millionaire tycoons who all who like just like dinosaurs they would crawl all over the 80s saying whatever they want hiring firing you know she was the original queen of mean he was a, a younger but he was kind of like a you know an underling to these people uh they mentored him but now he's uh, he's a caricature he's out of control yeah he's he is a out caricature. of control he is you know the, uh, but but this whole candidacy is like you said this sort of reality show of America. Yeah, America's next is. top president. Yeah, and he's great on TV. He's perfect. But th there's no there there. Right. There's no substance. There's no nothing. No, that's that's the thing about his, uh, that I wanted to talk about, his complete and utter inability to be specific about anything. Anything. About anything. He he, he just says, uh, uh, you know, I don't, when he, when he doesn't want to know or he doesn't want to answer, he says, I don't know. And then he'll always qualify it just enough so you can't say you're lying. I heard something, but I didn't see the article. You know, I, I, someone mentioned something, but I didn't read it, so I can't. This is like that old thing that, that right-wing bullshit that John Boehner used to do when you used to ask him about the president's uh, being born in America. He goes, well, uh, he tells me he is, so I'll take his word for it. And when, obviously, the, the, the dog whistle there is, I don't believe him. Right. The undercurrent is, I don't believe him. And, and Trump does this thing where he's like, well, I, of course now we're going to talk about this a little bit later, is this insane fascination by right-wing hate groups, white supremacists who are absolutely on the floor over Trump. They absolutely love him. There's a couple, there was a big article this week in The New Yorker, and then it was followed up by another article in The Huffington Post. Uh, these are some of the, the, thing, the things that are going on. First, it starts with David Duke, 
Okay, right. we all remember David Duke, right. former KKK Grand Wizard, uh, ran for political office. Uh, he he starts off by calling Trump the best of the lot. <laughs> Is this a compliment or I don't know. I don't know. The best of the lot. Uh, he also called Trump's campaign a great opportunity. For what we don't know. We have no idea. These are some of the uh, the uh, comments uh, about Trump from some of his admirers. This is from the Daily Stormer. That's a, a leading neo-Nazi news site. They endorsed Trump on June 28th. This is their quote. Trump is willing to say what most Americans think. It's time to deport these people. I love guys who say this is what most Americans think. That's a lot of people. That's 300 million Americans. Well, that's what Trump says. Yeah. You know, well, I talked to a lot of people, and a lot of people said, what does that even mean? Right. Big senior brainy economy types. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely out of his mind. And uh, he reads a lot of articles. Here's the thing. After the 2010 midterm election, when, you know, half, like 51% voted Republicans back in, they all came in the next day. The American people have spoken 100%. Every single person, every child, a dog, a worm, every single one of them has said... Do what you have to do. It's ridiculous. How can you say that everyone spoke for me when you know 51%? That means 49% didn't speak for you. Richard Spencer, director of National Policy Institute, which promotes the heritage, identity, and future of European people, i.e. white, said that Trump was refreshing. Trump, on a gut level, kind of senses that this is the demographics, ultimately. We're moving into a new America. I don't think, this is fascinating, this is a fascinating observation by this guy. I don't think Trump is a white nationalist. He said that Trump embodies an unconscious vision that white people have, that their grandchildren might be a hated minority in their own country. I think that scares us. The prob they probably aren't able to articulate. I think it's there. I think to a great, great degree explains the Trump phenomenon. This is what he's talking about Trump is tapping into. This is, I think this is incredibly ob a, a brilliant observation by a right-wing hate monger because what he's saying is Trump is tapping into an unspoken fear that these white people have that in 50 years, not only will it be a brown country, but their offspring will be treated huh, the way we've treated minorities. In other words, they're even by, they're acknowledging that minorities get the shit end of the stick, that minorities get less money, all this bullshit that we've been, that of course us crying bleeding heart liberals been going on about for years, they're admitting it. But here again, he's just another Republican who is not going to give all of these middle class you know, uh, hillbilly Republicans anything. He's, he's just going to keep the money for the rich people. Absolutely, absolutely. But of course they don't believe that. No, he's because he's a reality star. <coughs> He's tapping into their fear. And, and of course, fear-based is, by the way, fear-based politics is, is the bread and butter of the Republican Party. Our, our side is always about hope. Don't stop thinking about tomorrow. We just talked about that the other day. Hope and change. Whatever you want to mock it, can mock it all you want. You know, Sarah Palin, how's that hopey, changey thing working out for you? Yeah, how's your second bastard grandchild working out for you? How's being fired by Fox Tower? How's that website going down working out for you? Hope and change. I have a hope that they change. And the death panels. Uh, yeah, well, I'm still waiting. Is that like a crotch panel? How do I get on one of those things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jared Taylor, editor of the American Renaissance. Don't you love these names? Yeah. How about calling it 
I hate black people instead yeah. of American Renaissance. Why or, ruin the name uh, American or Renaissance? Yeah. Yeah. The I'm Full of Shit Journal. <laughs> a Virginia-based white nationalist magazine. This is the most brilliant thing. I'm, oh, is that our guest? I th oh, that is our guest. Oh, my gosh. I forgot we had a guest. Just blabber on there, snarky. Our guest is comedian Eric Bronstein and... Eric, are you there? I am there. How are you doing? Good. Hi, Eric, Eric. Bronstein. Uh, comedian and uh, notable tweeter. <laughs> what is I, what is your Twitter handle? Let's start with that. Uh, it's Eric Branstein. Brand is it Brand? Am I saying it wrong all these years? Nah, I, I change it around. I like to. I'm a little <laughs> bit like to say one step ahead of the law. So. <laughs> so it's E R I K. Yeah, B R A N S T E E N. Eric Bron okay, nice Irish boy. Okay, we were just taught, you're just in time, we were talking about how Trump has the endorsement of every single right-wing white supremacist hate, hate group, group ever existed. Did you know about this? Yeah, David Duke, I know that, right? Yeah. Not just David Duke, apparently we're going over this list. Uh, the Daily Stormer, a leading neo-Nazi news site. Richard Spencer, director of National Policy Institute, which uh, promotes European people. Uh, Jared Taylor, editor of American Renaissance, Michael Hill, head of the League of the South. That's a, that name right there tells everything. Brian Griffith, a member of the Hills League of the South and author of a popular white supremacist blog. They all love Trump because, because he's tapping in to white fear. Eric, you're white. Do you have any white fear? I have a lot of white fear. I'm mostly scared of white people, actually. They've done more damage to me than other groups have. Really? Why do you hate white people? Why are you a health self Hating white, that's what the right would say. Why do you, why are you always apologizing for white people? Uh, why am I apologizing? Because white people hold all the power, you know? They, they, you know, they try to flip the script on everybody, saying that it's the immigrants' fault. But we know who really, you know, I mean, Trump, people like Trump make, you know, make the decisions. They fire people, they hire people, you know, uh, they outsource jobs. He's just trying to turn, you know, the attention away from people like him. Trump, Trump creates lots of jobs. I, I bought a shirt the other day, a Trump shirt that was made in Mexico. <laughs> another one that was made in China. He makes jobs all over the world. And you know what he said? He said he wants to make the tax system so simple <coughs> excuse me, that we can close down H&R Block. And uh, I don't know if anyone out there works for H&R Block. It won't be for a while, but I'm sure President Trump will have another job for you someplace, perhaps on a, in a gold mine or something. Right, that's his job creation idea, to shut down a business that probably employs thousands of people. That wouldn't be his first, by the way. Exactly. I also wanted to get your take on, on this thing. We, do you notice that Trump speaks volumes and never actually specifically says anything? Well, you know, and that's what's keeping him ahead in the polls right now. See, I'm just hoping that, I mean, if he becomes a nominee, that will actually be a good thing because I think when the general election starts, that's when you, you, it's hard to be general. People kind of nail you down a little bit more. You can't hide forever. I don't know. Exactly. It's, it's called a general election. But uh, Laura always says, uh, be careful what you wish for because you just might get it. And then what the hell yeah. are you going to See, do? the thing about Trump that, that I have to admit is he's a brilliant fighter. He's fighting. You know how you know what it's like? It's like Trump is coming back at them 
with internet-style fighting. You know, you know the internet style where facts don't matter, where reality doesn't matter? All that matters is who has the best snappy ending. Like, you've been served, and I've schooled you, and epic failure, and all that bullshit that people go on about that's probably two or three years old. But that's how people argue nowadays. They just go on with this sort of like, you know, it doesn't matter what I'm saying as, as long as I end correctly. And Trump is perfect at that. These other morons... These other Republicans, they're fighting with, like, the, uh, the rules of the Marquis de Berry from, like, 1904, where they stand still and let you punch him in the face. I mean, someone's got to come back at Trump. And here's the thing. If he's the, if he's the nominee, he's still going to pull out that Internet-style fighting, and whoever's on the other side better be able to come back at that shit. Well, you know, in the debate, they can just, like, ask him how many states there are and what are the capitals. The man has, there's no there there. He doesn't know anything. Eric, Eric, do you know do you know Trump's favorite book of all time? What? You, do you know it's the Bible. Did you know that? Because he's been saying it constantly wherever he goes. The Bible is his favorite book, and the, and the other day he's being interviewed on TV. Won't name one verse or one passage from the Bible because it's personal. Because it's a personal thing. Yeah, he won't even say whether he likes the New Testament or the Old Testament better. <laughs> He's probably never read the Bible ever, and he's got a million probably in his hotels. I wonder if he has any in his hotels. I'm sure he grabbed that Bible a few times and prayed to himself, I hope this girl doesn't have anything. Dear Jesus, please. <laughs> but, you know, the one thing I'm scared about is that if he is the nominee, I don't know if Hillary is up for debating him. She's got to step up her game, because if he becomes the nominee... She's got to get a little tougher, and, and I think she has it in her, but you don't see a lot of it right now. I know she has it in her. This is We're talking about Hillary Clinton, okay? This is a woman who's right. gone through an amazing amount of stress and work in her entire life. She's been beaten down. She's been berated. They've crucified her, and she still comes back. The Clintons, and I know my wife's going to kill me for this, the Clintons are like Nixon. You can't keep them away. They're oh, going to come stop, back. Stop, stop. It's not a Let me comparison. tell you something. Bill appreciated that about about Tricky Dick, Whatever. Slick Willie and Tricky Dick. Whatever. But the bottom line is, I, I, the thing about her is she's got a, I don't know about her, but her, her support staff, her spokes, they have to stop defending her. They're playing right into this bullshit false narrative. Emails, these half these emails weren't classified until after she was out of office. They got classified later. This is such a bullshit. And the media is buying right into it. Of course, they're run by billionaires. The millionaire, the billionaire media is buying right into it, and and if and her, her spokesperson, uh, Karen Finney, defends her. Well, then it's over. You got to attack. There is so much to attack on you. Why are we talking about emails when when fifty Republican senators sent a letter to our enemy in Iran? Where's the subcommittee about that? Where's yeah, the meeting? Really? You know, where's the where's the censor? Where? Anyway, I'm going nuts here. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Uh, you know what I was thinking about the other day was that. You know, she became Secretary of State because, like, probably a deal she made with Obama to make her seem more presidential, so when she went, did you hear what I said? I heard that. I don't know if I would agree with that. I think Obama was just, you know, smart enough to reach out to the smartest people. I mean, yes. you know, she was a senator, a former first lady, obviously a, a major policy wonk. She's a hard worker. You know, I, I, this whole thing, this whole bullshit about now, now, and by the way, the Republicans got this one, okay, because now apparently the first word that comes up when you hear the word name Hillary Clinton is untrustworthy or a liar because yeah, we allowed lying. the Republicans to do this. Yes. You want to talk about untrustworthy? Right. But the upside is that it's happening in 2015, not 2016. So this Absolutely. Is the old, 
going to be old news. I have confidence that Hillary is going to be a formidable, formidable opponent. And, and the next president of the United States. Trump's a wild card. He's absolutely a wild card. Listen, we're going to talk about some crazy shit people said this week, Eric. I want to get your, your take on it, okay? Okay. Okay. We talked about that Bible thing. This is what, this is what Trump actually said about, about the Bible. It really amazed me. Uh, he was doing an interview uh, uh, with Bloomberg managing editor Mark Halperin, and he asked him about his, uh, 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 the Bible, his, fa- his favorite verse. Trump said, well, I, I wouldn't want to get into it because that's very personal. You know, when I talk about it, the Bible, it's very personal, so I don't want to get into it. Uh, he, right. said, he said, can you name a, a favorite verse? No, I don't want to do that. And finally, his partner asked him, uh, are you an Old Testament or New Testament? And he goes, um, uh, probably equal. I think it's just incredible. The whole Bible is incredible. That, that's my favorite line. I think it's incredible. The whole Bible is just incredible. Because <laughs> if he said the new, then people think that he doesn't like the Jews. Yeah, exactly. Well, well, last night, you know, it's funny because this happened like yesterday so quickly, I didn't even get it to the list. Last night, at a speech, he was talking about this right-wing hatred love of him. And he goes, I don't, I don't want these people. And he actually said, I swear to whatever you believe in, he actually said at a speech in front of humans, I'm no fan of Hitler. <laughs> well, that's good to know, huh? That's really important, check. <laughs> but even, even a, that a presidential candidate feels the need to say those words out loud, it's, it's mind-boggling. It's, Laura was say saying before. Like that, too. I'm no fan. I'm no fan. <laughs> like they're like you know, I, like maybe you could convince me. I don't know. Maybe there's something I don't know about the guy. I don't. Maybe I've never seen one of his paintings. Who knows? You yeah. Know? Next concert, maybe. Uh, he follows him on Twitter, though. He follows him on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> How about? Uh, oh, by the way, I, I'm sure if if any of our listeners uh, go to any uh, go Google any of these right wing websites, you know, with all their swastikas stickers and American flags, you might see a Confederate flag or two. I'm just saying. Okay. I'm just saying. Speaking of Confederate flags, uh, uh, Can I just one quick thing on that, though. Yeah, what? Where he said it's personal. Yes. I think these guys get coached now, like when they don't, especially Republicans, when they don't have an answer to something, they always say things like that now. They'll say, oh, it's personal, or they'll say, I'm not a scientist. You ever hear that one? Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. You're not, you're, not a, you're not a scientist. Scientists have brains. <laughs> Right, right. Or they'll say enough with these gotcha questions. Like any question now is a gotcha question. But right. I, but in my that. but in my opinion, I don't think Trump is coached. I swear, I think he just does it naturally. A lot of people don't know Trump is from Queens. Okay, right. Trump is from Queens. He went to. He said he went to. Uh, uh, Jamaica Church. Yeah. Okay. This is a Queens guy. This is a tough talking. No, you know he'll 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 beat you down with his words. I know these guys. I know, and they know how to get out of everything. They're slimy, slip, slipping, creepy crawlies who, no matter what you ask them, they can work their way out of it. And that's a specialty. No, no, no. This I, is a I queen's... totally agree with that. I've just seen a lot of candidates lately use that it's personal line. Oh yeah, so oh I yeah. Just... We were just saying it's like that moron Boner used to say years ago about Trump's about about Obama's birth certificate. I'll take him at his word. The silent implication there is I don't believe him. Yeah, right. exactly. Absolutely, it's bullshit. Let's move on to this next thing here. Uh, do you remember a uh, heck of a job, Brownie? Yeah. Everyone's we're on the 10th anniversary of Katrina, so it's very appropriate. Michael Brown, former head of the FEMA. Arabian Horse Foundation, oh, yeah. Arabian Horse Association, yeah. and then FEMA, because you know when I have a, a hurricane category. 72 hurricane ripping my house away. I want a guy to come in on a stallion and help me out. Okay? He wrote an, he wrote a, a, an op-ed piece 
Uh, stop blaming me for Katrina. Wah! Wah! Stop blaming me. This is, this was his quote. Had the mayor and governor fulfilled their responsibilities as elected leaders of their city and state, most, if not all, of the people crying for help in front of national television cameras would not have been there. But the blame was not placed on those responsible. The blame was placed on me, the one person who had no authority to do anything at that point except get out the checkbook and start paying the Department of Defense. Oh, Poor Brownie. That was a heck of a job. Everybody in the Bush administration, no one took credit or blame for anything. You know, no one did. They no. did that, but they did that for eight years. No one took, oh, I'm sorry. They took credit for every single, every single terrorist that was stopped, no matter what country it was in, no matter what country did it. It was, remember when, when England stopped the bombing of like 18 planes over the Atlantic and W, President Moron, came out and had a press conference. We did it. We did it. You did shit, you moron. You can't even eat a fucking pretzel without choking, for fuck's sake. Anyway, let's not talk about George Bush, although he did give a speech today At commemorating Katrina. Yeah, In yeah. New Orleans. In New Orleans. I, I'm like, where's the tomatoes? Yeah. Why are they even letting this guy open his mouth and in to, New Orleans? Tomorrow, David Duke is speaking to the NAACP, <laughs> and on Wednesday, Chris Christie's talking to Weight Watchers, so everyone's hey. happy. Anyway, uh, Michael Brown, don't call him Brownie anymore. Please, no more Brownie. From now on, it's uh, Butthurt Brownie Shitstain. That's his new name from now on. Okay. Finally. As time passes, they're going to start whitewashing history and revising history like they do with the financial disaster. Yeah. They're going to start saying that Obama was responsible for Katrina. And people won't know because they don't know history. Absolutely. Well, you know what? There, there are some people, from what I understand, last year, the year before, um, they did a poll of Louisiana Republicans. A third of Louisiana Republicans blamed Obama for the, for the administration's poor response to Katrina. How oh, dare yeah. that... President Blackenstein not have a fucking time machine to go back four years and help. By the way, if Obama was in Katrina, they would have just buzzed the helicopters over him because they would have thought he was one of the guys hanging out at the Superdome is what they would have done. <laughs> and that's what's scary, though, is, you know, they do that a lot with history, you know? People forget, and they can, you know, muddy the issue a little bit, and people just don't remember who did what, you know? They, they have to rewrite history because the history they left behind sucks, so they have to write a better one. Finally, our last statement comes from a Trump supporter, Jim Sherrata, 53 years old, works for a landscaping company, and he attended Trump's rally in Mobile. On Friday, last Friday, he told the New York Times before Trump arrived that he hoped Trump would announce a plan to issue licenses for hunting undocumented immigrants and offered $50 for, and this is a direct quote, Every confirmed kill. Oh, Here's the thing. What's with Trump and $50? Why is it always $50? To, you know, remember he paid $50 to everyone to show up at his, his announcement? Um, this is the kind of people that are following Trump. You know, even, just, even as a joke, you know, even as a joke. It's $50 for a legal immigrant, but it's $50,000 for a lion? That seems like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that lion was a, was a naturalized citizen. So that's the whole deal. But this is the kind of people that are following Trump. They're like this close to, you know what, even if the guy was joking, I mean, what a joke. If he's not joking, I'm scared shitless. If he is joking, it was insanely poor taste, you know. Eric, we're going to start wrapping this up one more time. Uh, it's at Eric Branstein, E-R-I-K-B-R-A-N-S-T-E-E-N, at right. Twitter, right? 
check him out because Eric also does some tweet tweeting for Snarky Democrat too. Also, you are a comedian and you appear regularly around New York City, don't you? Yeah, I do. <laughs> We're now man and wife. Uh, I don't know exactly when, but I know Eric. You're uh, you're often at the Greenwich Village Comedy Club downtown Manhattan, doing shows yeah. there semi regularly. So people check out uh, Eric on Twitter. Uh, and we want to thank you for joining us, and we look forward to the next time you're here. Thanks, Eric. Yeah, the podcast is great. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> thank Take you. care. We'll you talk were to you great soon. Too. Bye. Bye. Whoa, Laura Sue, this is it. We're wrapping it up before oh we get God, out of here. Oh, my God, you just told the whole world my middle name. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Mine is uh, Dick, Snarky Dick Democrat. Uh, anyway, here's the deal. Visit us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Snarky Democrat. Check us out on Twitter, at Snarky Demo. Uh, I think we're on Tumblr or something. I don't know. Rumbler and Rumbler. Tumblr. I'm rumbling right now. <laughs> I'm, starting, I'm starting a social uh, network for, uh, 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 let's see, survivors uh, from the uh, World War II, military survivors of prisoner of war camps. It's called Clinkton. Wah! That's such a hard... I, think one, I don't even know if you got it. That's how bad a joke that yeah, was. I got it. Okay, bad. she's a bad joke. Bad. Don't forget our sponsor, gigmama.com. It's a website where you find entertainment for your event. Need a DJ for your wedding, a comedian for your anniversary, a live band for your event? Go to gigmama.com. They have all the entertainment in your area for the best price. You can check out the talent. You can pick the price. Gigmama.com. Anyway, it's me, Snarky Democrat, my lovely, beautiful, talented, incredibly wonderful wife, Laura, right here. And Thanks saying, for listening, everybody. Thank you so much for listening, thank everybody. You. Hey. Hey. <laughs>